You're listening to Packers Talk Network. Do you want to experience the thrill of a Packers game at Lambeau Field? If so, be sure to get your game tickets from the longtime trusted source in Wisconsin, Ticket King. Visit their locations in Milwaukee and Green Bay. Just go to their website, theticketking.com. Again, that's theticketking.com. Packers Therapy. Chris and Dave, the regular season. Dave, I don't know that there's enough Glade or Lysol (laughs) that's going to make that one smell any better. The Packers lay an egg. I, I, I think that's maybe the kindest thing we can say. 38 to 3 in Jacksonville against the New Orleans Saints. I don't I mean there's a lot to unpack here. I don't even know exactly where to start other than to say last year by the exact same score. I know. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who went on to win the whole damn thing lost to the Saints by the same score. And so this doesn't mean the season's over for the Packers, but certainly put a, a wet blanket on all the enthusiasm that we had coming into this game. It sure did. It was a team that I thought was really good last year, had a few warts that I thought they improved and covered up. And then as I watched the game, like all of that slowly melted away. I all of a sudden realized, oh no, this is not good. This is not good. I think that's now bad. Like it just completely cracked and fell to pieces right before my eyes. So I, I don't know if this is a team that's moving, you know, on the downswing. Like I was talking to people. I was up in Wisconsin this weekend. I watched the game up in Wisconsin. And uh, so there's a lot of Packer talk on on Monday. And I I kept thinking to myself, was there one shot last year? Like that was it. And what they did is they did what Tampa did is you bring everyone back. But you know what? You can't do that. You got to. You kind of, kind of surge, and you got to grab it while you have it, and then it, once you miss it, you know you've got to restart. Um, what do you think? Do you think that's that's true? I, it is one game, but I just there's a lot of things that looked really bad to me on this team this time. Well, you know, I'm I'm all for surging and grabbing it while you have it. I mean, I I've made my life that way pretty much. But I, and, you know, <laughs> I don't know. We still out of jail as results, which is crazy, but yeah, <laughs> still on the run from it. Yeah, yeah, it's worked for you. Yeah, well, you know, that's how I've amassed the fortune that I have, Dave. (laughs) So, you know, it's the first game and really it's it was the first preseason game, really. I mean, this this is a group that did not play at all in the preseason. This was their really their first game. Does that matter? Well, that's that's a good question. Now, if, you know, uh, you know, Judy of, of Tom and Judy from California you know, wrote to us right after the game. And, and that was, you know, her, her contention is that, you know, they, they didn't have a preseason and they came out and they were playing at a pace that you would think this is a first game for a team. Whereas the saints, you know, played their guys throughout the preseason and they were more ready to play than the Packers were. Now, this is a long season, even longer this year, 17. So will the saints be as fresh in December as they were, in this game, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to know. I, I kind of think Dave, it's more a case of 
Um, allostatic load. Do you, were, were you with us in Madison when we had speakers come in from the university and they talked about allostatic load? Uh, I don't I don't remember what it is, but it, that sounds really familiar. So talk to me about it and I'll tell you if I remember. Well, there were some, some aging researchers, not the researchers weren't aging, but, they, but their expertise was on human aging. And they came in and talked to the place where Dave and I used to work on the on the Madison campus. And they were saying um, what happens to the human body is essentially it's the accumulation of all the wear and tear and stress that a person faces throughout their lives. And that's why bodies break down, cells break down, you know, and eventually, you know, people die. And I'm wondering if it was a combination of things including the preseason or not playing in the preseason, but the whole drama in the off season with yep. Aaron Rodgers, uh, the expectations on this team, um, some of it themselves, maybe being a bit overconfident and believing all the things that, you know, have been said about them, bringing everybody back and a great rookie class and, and all these positive things, you know, did that make them a little complacent, a little bit soft? And now the game is getting moved out of new Orleans, which would have been a really tough environment for them um a combination of many things could have caused the flaccid performance that we saw on sunday yeah and can i add some more please uh you know is it possible that the saints are maybe are really good but also you know you think about what their week went through you think they were at disadvantage but they were displaced because of the hurricane they had to move to Dallas, I guess they practiced there, and then they had to move to a, a new site in Jacksonville to play. But did that sort of solidify the team, you know, early? Like, did that sort of rally the troops a lot more versus an overconfident Packer team that was, oh, we don't get to play in the Dome, and we're going to mm -hmm. be filled with Packer fans. So it was not only just overconfidence from the Packers, it was, you know, a really inspired Saints team. You know, was it the fact that, uh, you know, we, we, we did cross the time zone. We have to come back. To, we always have to remember that. You know, <laughs> we weren't right. in the central time zone. So, I mean, they had to go in the future. You know, oh, God. Yeah. You see Back to the Future when they come through, like their hair is all wild. I mean, it's, it's hard. Yeah, um, it's but, it, uh, but, you know, it's not just the time zones, but now the heat. I think you have to now, uh, the, the Packers need to have it either be perfect weather or maybe the colder side they'd like. But if it's a little bit warm, um, then we've got to change everything because I was looking at, you know, when this game was definitely still in, you know, uh, still up for grabs, um, there was a point when uh, Jameis Winston was back to throw and he stood there like forever and oh, no one was moving. Was and no one, oh, remember, he, he threw the ball out of bounds. But do you know who was on the line? Um, and this is, I think, in the first quarter. Do you know who the four defensive linemen were at that point? I I did not look at who were the, the four on the field at the time. All I noticed is he was standing flat-footed, which is never good. <laughs> yeah, I think he could have checked his watch. I, uh, I, I, I think he might have. And and yeah, and uh, checked his Netflix queue. He could have done a, a number of things. Um, <laughs> I wonder if he would have just sat, stood there and let the they were they had the lead at that point. I wonder if he could have just sat there and let the clock run all the way down to zero. Um, but this was who was on the defensive line. This is the kind of uh, okay. research that we do here at Packers Therapy. It was um, a guy whose last name is Rivers, and I was going to look up his first name because I forgot, but he, I can see he wasn't is on he, the tackle. Is tackle Chauncey? Or, I th I Chauncey, think Chauncey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't Doc Rivers. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't the Mississippi Rivers. Uh, old, yeah, I think Chauncey. Old man Rivers, yeah. It was maybe old man. Johnny Rivers. The famous uh, 60s. So Rivers. 
Um, Kingsley Kiki was your second. Well, he's uh, he's he's a pretty good player. Well, just wait for this. Uh, T.J. Slayton, um, and he's very large. And, yes, and Tyler Lancaster. Uh, no, that that's was your no Kenny Clark. Line. No, no Kenny, Kenny Clark, Clark. No Smith Brothers. Um, it, it, you know the Sean Gary was not Gary was the other. Thank you. That's so I could come up with Rivers. I can't think of a Gary. But you know, while the game was still on on the line, um, they had those guys were were your defensive line. I mean, these are all backups and maybe some backups to backups here. And I think they they had it's hot outside. We want to keep these guys fresh, so they were rotating those players like really quick and. You know, is that was that a factor? If they had played inside, would they have you know stuck with maybe their starters a little bit more, and and maybe that had been a factor? So I thought, is that something that was was interesting? You 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 talk about the drama. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers had a really bad game, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But <laughs> you know, the drama and then the you know the interview with Aaron well, Andrews, I, Aaron, and, Aaron Andrews, yeah, and all of the pressure that he had. So once it started going south, did he sort of put too much on himself and need to get over that first game? Um, I just there are a lot of factors with this. The new defensive coordinator, and this yeah, is the first got, time they got really to talk played. about that. Yeah, yep. And you know, I, and someone also Taysom Hill was on the other side of the line too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the the feared Taysom Hill. So there was a bunch of factors. I mean, this game got out of hand um, by the time I think Rogers threw his second interception. I think that's when it was over. I mean, they never had, they never looked good at any point, but the game was still in question. When it was, um, I guess it was uh, 17 to three, and the Packers had the ball a couple of times to get it within a score, um, and then it just sort of went into the you know the toilet pretty pretty quickly after a couple of interceptions. But um, I just feel like the Packers either they ran into a combination of things, as you said, that just really worked against them, and and you know they played really really poor, or is it a sign of things to come? Is it that we have a bad defensive coordinator? Is Rogers distracted and easily ready to give up? You know, is this team just not going to gel together? It's one game, but is there anything we can kind of pull from it? Like that we should be nervous about, will they make any changes? I mean, do they sit there and say one game, let's do the exact same thing that we did against the saints. Um, I would think there'd be some changes coming up. Well, I, I would think so, but yet you got 16 left. I mean, I think Rogers mentioned this and some other people did. As bad as that game was, it counts the same as a game if they had lost it, you know, 38-35. You know, it's, it's a loss is a loss is a loss. From a fan standpoint, though, you got nothing to really hang on to. I mean, can, can you think of anything during that game that is saying, yep, uh, that is a reason for optimism? Now, now maybe the punter. He looked the punter. pretty good. That's yeah. what everyone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hunter. Yeah. Um, and maybe Eric Stokes. Well, he only, he, he made the one play, but he wasn't out there much. Is that their plan for him? Is that they're going to play Kevin King and they're not going to play Eric Stokes because, my God, he's a rookie. He can't play. Right. I, I, I guess I, I'd like to think that this will be a wake-up call for everybody on the team and saying, okay, you know, we got that one out of our system. We can't let that happen again. And, you know, we got to redouble our efforts and if we're as good as people say we are and as good as we think we are then we got to show it and what better way to show it than against you know the lions i mean th- this is a this is a great opportunity for them to flush the memory of that last game against a team that they should handle pretty easily next week so i'm i'm not ready to 
there, there's so many things that were wrong and bad about this. I'm not ready to, to you know, say that, oh, my God, we grossly uh, overestimated this team. I still don't think that. You know, maybe six weeks from now I'll, I'll feel differently. But right now I, I just can't say that I, I, I was that wrong or that we were that wrong uh, in assessing this. I mean, it was, it was a bad game. It was an ugly game, but so was the game against Tampa a year ago. They recovered from that and they, you know, made it all the way to the NFC championship game and, you know, probably had a chance to win that one. So I, I'm not ready to flush the season because of how abysmal that game was. Yeah. And I'm not going to flush it to the degree where I'm done watching, but <laughs> yeah. let me ask you this. So you answer me uh, short, intermediate or long-term concern. Okay. I'll just throw a few okay. issues okay. out here. Okay. Please. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, start with, well, let's start with Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to get this out of the way because I don't want to hear this phrase really ever again, because I think it's complete BS is the sentence. Nobody is open. There's nowhere to throw the ball. Um, I don't know how many times Aikman said it because every time Aaron Rodgers was running around holding the ball, getting sacked, whatever, they'd say, you know, the problem is nobody's open. One time they did a replay where they saw no and made the claim nobody's open, and they show three guys with single coverage with a step on his man. I'm like, you know, no one is wide open. There's no one that's standing with five years of nobody close to them open. You know, you throw them open, uh, and they clearly are open enough for him to get rid of that ball. Um, I just felt he was off on his throws. Apparently, he took a shot to the crotch, which apparently oh, that is going to affect him. So that was a double nut shot, I believe, is how he how he termed that. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, guess what? Look what's coming <laughs> with against everyone else now. Uh, 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 knowing that that uh, you get a double nut shot, you get an interception. Then uh, you know, fire away. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, late throws, there is a throw, you know, he had a, it was a second down. I think we ended up getting the first down because we went for it on fourth. But there was a, a second down play where he was threw to Aaron Jones across the middle. And if he had thrown it faster, Aaron Jones would have had time to turn the corner, make a move. But what he did is he delayed, delayed, threw it last minute. And then he was pinned to the sideline and, and was just short of the first down. Um, so when he, even when he completes some passes, his rhythm was off. Um, he, he wasn't willing to sort of throw, he threw in the coverage that sometimes, but then other times it seems like he was waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, what do you think Is Aaron Rodgers a short term intermediate or long term concern for you? Uh, that's a short term concern. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure he will revert to MVP style, uh, next week. Uh, but I think as he gets, you know, more, he played what three quarters this uh, past week as he gets more um, game rhythm in him. I think it's going to be fine. I, I also think that he was well aware he had two rookies, uh, the guy snapping him the ball and the guy on his right next to the guy snapping the ball, both rookies. Um, I, I don't know if he had complete confidence uh, in that group. And the more he plays with them, um, you know, he'll, he'll gain confidence. He'll gain rhythm as it goes along. So I don't anticipate this is going to be uh, a season long thing. I would say, uh, by the end of September, you know, he will be what he's going to be at that point. Now, if he's still struggling then in September, then I think we worry uh, in a, in a five thirty eight article, I think today, uh, they mentioned that there is, you know, some quarterbacks when they get to their late thirties, the end comes quickly. Uh, I don't think Rodgers is that guy because he can still throw, unlike, yeah, say, arm strength. 
Yeah, right. yeah, because Peyton Manning lost his his arm strength. Uh, when when he went, he went quickly, and Favre seemed to just his body just kind of left him there at the end. Um, but I don't think Rodgers is there yet. So I have to say this is a short-term concern. All right. Well, how about, uh, so when the Packers lose, and this seems a little bit more like a, was it 2018 Rodgers? I guess that would have been, yeah, that That, he was. That was when we saw him with Klaus, uh, that horrible game against uh, against Arizona. Yeah. Terrible. It looked, it looked like, you know, um, and this is, I think, a, a part of, you know, when we start losing, we lose by a lot. And that's happened a few times against Tampa twice. Um, San Diego, you know, there's a few games where once we got down, we got down, you know, fast and, and never were able to kind of crawl our way back like, uh, you know, other teams sometimes do. Um, and I think it's, you know, whether it's the call or not, Rogers seems to audible out or, or you know, he just commits the passing game. And uh, and the way the Saints were playing the Packers, they were playing two deep safeties. They're able to get pressure with four. There's a number of times early in the down, in downs where there's four defensive linemen and two linebackers. So you have six in the box, and and they're throwing against it. And they don't seem to give up on that. And I don't know. I can't imagine. Maybe that's the floor. Um, I saw Aaron Nagler had a tweet today that used to say, in the old days, we used to say, why run the ball when you can win? And he said, now the, the way we should say it is, if we run the ball, we will win. Like you, the teams have now figured out how to play us, and we have to commit to the run. Does it is that a short-term, intermediate, or long-term concern for you that they are not willing to, you know, stay with the run and take what the defense is giving you? Well, based on what uh, Lafleur said, he acknowledged as much that, you know, they they didn't run it as much as they should have, and for him to make that. Uh, announcement right after the game, that commitment that, yeah, we abandoned the run too quickly, gives me the sense that's not going to happen routinely, and it probably won't even happen as soon as as this week. Um, I, I think to expand on a, a point you made, uh, the reason they don't come back, I don't think this offense is designed to be, you know, a quick strike comeback kind of offense. Uh, I think it's predicated on ball control, uh, with the you know controlled passing game and a lot of running, and I I think if if that's how they play, that means you have to have a defense uh, that is going to keep you in games, and if they if they can stay in the game, not get too far behind, um, that means that they're going to be all right. But when they fall behind by 17 or 21 points, I don't think they have an offense that's designed to come back from that. So I really believe that they're going to look at that and say, you know, we got to control the game. We have to run the ball, time of possession. Those those kinds of things, I think, are more important for this team. And I think their coaching staff is smart enough, at least the offensive coaching staff is smart enough to realize that. So I, I think I disagree with you. Um, it was early in the second half. The Packers had the ball. Well, the first drive of the second half, they had the ball. There's, they're only down by 14. They're driving. Um, he ended up throwing interception. Right. Yeah. Uh, was, and then it seemed like was lethal. Yeah. it was lethal. And, um, but it, then it, they completely gave up. I, I think actually short passes running, you know, you could grind that out. Um, I think they could have got back into it. So it feels like it's not that that's, um, uh, it's not that they are not designed to be able to be a quick strike. It's it, they're, they're not willing 
to stay with it until it's you know you absolutely need to. I mean, there, in the third quarter, it was still early enough where if you score even after the first interception, I still think you could make a game of it. I'm watching Kansas City, you know, is behind and and they come back. Now they're definitely a quick strike offense, and I think the Packers could do that too. But nothing is open up downfield because the Saints are absolutely backloading that defense, and the Packers aren't willing to to take. What they what what they're being given, which I think is AJ Dillon up the middle for four yards to carry over and over and over again, um, and yeah, every coach when you lose and you and throw the ball too much, then says we should have run the ball more. I, I'm tired. That's the same phrase as nobody's open. People say it. It means nothing to these. I, I until I actually see it, uh, I, I'm not buying that he um, has learned his lesson from this. If we're down fourteen nothing, will they stay with the run game to kind of grind back? I I just think this team. And I think the the common denominator is Rodgers. They seem to give up on any kind of uh, ability to sort of move the chains and, and get first downs to trying to get it all back all at once. And I think that that bothers me. Well, we'll find out this week coming up, I think. So what about the offensive line? Um, mm. The first interception was because uh, Royce, good old Royce, uh, I got, I'm not familiar with these rookie names anymore. What's Royce's Let, last name? Let's just call him old number 70. Okay, uh, completely whiffed on uh, and put Rodgers completely under pressure, which led to the first interception. Do you think the rookie offensive line is a short-term, intermediate, or long-term concern? Well, um, this is where I'm an outlier. I think um, there's, I guess, Pro Football Focus and you know the the entities that um, rank positions and players after games. I think gave the Packer offensive line, you know, pretty good grades. I think it may have been the highest rated position group for the Packers by PFF. Wow. And the eyeball test, I mean, before I saw that, um, I I did not think the offensive line had a had a great day. It, it seemed to me that even when Rodgers, uh, you know, wasn't, um, you know, uh, really being hit or, you know, sacked, it seemed like the pocket was collapsing quickly. And he was doing a fair amount of, you know, throwing off the back foot. That's the way it appeared to me that that wasn't happening. And there wasn't a lot of room for the running backs unless, a, you know, A.J. Dillon was the one guy that, that seemed to have a halfway decent game, even though he didn't get a lot of carries. But there just didn't seem to be a lot of room uh, for guys to run. And maybe, again, I, I, I didn't, you know, get a chance to break the game down and watch what everyone was doing, all that kind of stuff. It just looked to me as though they they weren't able to get traction on the ground because I don't think they did a great job, um, you know, blocking up front. And I also think in the passing game, uh, Rodgers didn't he, he had he had time, but not a lot of time. He hit the pocket was clean, but not necessarily spacious, if that makes any sense. So I'm a little bit concerned. And for me, I would say that the offensive line is. Uh, a medium-term concern because I think when they get Bakhtiari back, um, I'll be less concerned. But that's going to be another five weeks at least. Yeah, at least. Yeah, I, I think the Packers are going to have to decide. You know, there will be teams that they play that don't have good defenses, and they can throw or pass, and it's going to. They're good enough where they'll move the ball, and and it's not a concern. I think there's going to be some teams like Tampa, like New Orleans. You know, good defensive teams. Who, um, but every team's I think is going to do this two deep safety. I think the Packers are going to have to run these defenses out of it, 
And I was a little surprised. So here's another question at Aaron Jones. I thought Aaron Jones, um, but he rushed for 19 yards. Uh, no, I'm sorry. He ran rushed for nine yards on five carries. I mean, he, yeah. I don't know if he looks, he didn't look slow to me, but he didn't look as fast as Kamara. Felt like, uh, or I watched Delvin Cook play the other, and when he went to a corner run uh, to the sidelines, like they're they're quick to the, and Aaron Jones is is not, um, and uh, so I thought, and I tweeted this out. I said, you know, I wondered if if they should be running this offense through Dylan because you know they're not going to run away from anybody. He, you just need to pound this thing up the middle, bring that safeties in to help out. Otherwise, take your four or five yards to carry until you do something different. I just don't. I don't know if Rodgers and the floor or whatever combination that's important is is going to be willing to do that. So, um, but I, I just wonder if that's that's the edge that they have right now that they need to take. That was something I observed too. Was that at least in in my in my memory, Aaron Jones was a lot quicker, and I couldn't decide if that's you know memory, you know, playing a trick. Uh, he did not look as sharp and crisp as I remember him being. And then I remembered um, that there just wasn't a lot of room for him. So was that, was that him being slow, indecisive, or was the fact that there just, you know, wasn't a crease there for him necessarily? It's difficult, you know, to know, but it may have been a combination of both of those things where this was his first game action and you're playing, you know, behind a line that's 40% rookies and so it could have it could have been again a combination of those things combining uh just to make your number one guy not very effective now your number two guy i don't know that he needs much of a hold because he's he's a power guy and he you know he can push the pile and he can find a gap and bust through it because he's a real physical runner i don't think that's 33's game yeah i I don't either, and I, I, I just wonder if, if you could play this game over, if you would have done more of a grind it out, and uh, if that would have been successful. We'll never know. Um, you know, they would have Rodgers threw the ball um, 28 times. Tw- um, they rushed the ball 15 times. That's a, a small amount of plays they ran yeah. on offense before yeah. uh, Jordan Love came in. Um, but uh, I, I wonder if that's something they will consider using more because I think they're going to play other teams that will be very concerned with Devontae Adams. Going to be very watching Aaron Jones. You know, may put a bunch of people in coverage. Um, I don't know if our line can pass block as effectively without Bakhtiari. I wonder if you pound it, you know, and take the and that doesn't give you an MVP to Aaron Rodgers again, but uh, it, it keeps you in games. I, I just I wonder if they'll be able to do that. I'm very skeptical. Well, you know, I I don't have I don't have the answer on that. I, mean, I don't think any, any of us do. Um, but I, in some ways, I think this this might have been good um, for the team's psyche um, to ground them a little bit uh, because nothing nothing was really working. I again, other than the punting game, which you know looked great, um, nothing was working for him any place. And that means that everybody on the team has to look at themselves and say, maybe we're not all that in a bag of chips and we need to do more than we thought we had to. You know, we're not just going to be able to show up and be effective. We're going to have to be better than that. Yeah, and and creative and 
thoughtful. <laughs> you know, not just we are so good that we'll do what we do no matter what. Are they going to be humble enough to say sometimes we might have to adjust? Uh, we'll we'll see. Not to uh, beat a dead horse there, but here's to finish out the offense. Uh, MVS. Mm-hmm. Um, he was targeted the most times. I thought that was interesting that Rodgers yeah. seems to have um, increased his confidence in MVS's game. Um, there is some uh, PR team that must be 30 people deep that seems to be wanting to push that this is MVS's year because I felt like before the game, I must have saw article after article talking about how he is going to break out the season. This is he his is, breakout season. Oh, he is. He's, a, he's totally changed. He's catching everything. And he's out there for a first down. What does he do? He falls. Uh, and I think, man, this guy, I do not trust this guy. <laughs> I don't want him. I, I don't like him being my number two option because I just feel like he's the guy that trips when you need to, drops the ball when you need to. He, he hasn't proven it to me. But the the beat writers certainly seem to think he's the guy. So, And Roger seems to trust him more. But what do you think about MVS? Well, from this game, there's not a lot to know. I mean, the the one time I think he really showed up was, you know, when, when Rogers decided to, to do an arm punt, you know, and, and, and didn't see the safety, which is like, really? You didn't, I mean, you always see the safety. Yeah. Uh, that was about the only impression I had of MVS is that he was gra- He was dramatically overthrown and he was kind of a, he was a non-factor. I mean, the 17 wasn't a factor and they traded for Randall Cobb. Where was he? Yeah. I mean, it, it just, there wasn't anything. It wasn't just, it, it it just wasn't eighty three that was a, a non entity. It was the entire receiver core uh, was just wasn't there, wasn't a thing. Uh, and when you have a what one hundred and thirteen yards passing from your uh, starting quarterback, that's probably what you would expect. I mean they they didn't really have anything going on. I mean Lazard caught a couple of passes, but he wasn't a factor. I mean there was nothing. That was terribly effective. So I don't know if I can, you know, uh, point to anything about um, 83 that is concerning one way or the other, where the entire receiving core was as absent as Rodgers was, or maybe they were absent because Rodgers was. Maybe. You're right. No one stood out. I mean, Devontae Adams caught a few tough catches and, uh, you know, had some good yards after the catch, but not much was there. I just... uh, I just see, you know, here I see MVS. What happens on a key third down? He slips and falls. You know, it's just like this guy is a, it just seems to be that, you know, he's he's fast and he may be great in practice and the game comes and he just doesn't seem to pull it together. So I that was very frustrating to me. Um, can we flip to the defense on my concerns here as we continue yeah, to list them I, out? I think we ought to do that because, uh, you know, I, I there's I got a lot of them. Shit. Uh, I want to talk about 55, so let's go to the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, well, let's just generally, you know, Joe Barry. Um, mm. So, you know, here we are. We're playing against the Saints. And after the game is over, it looks like, you know, their offensive line versus our defensive line it was a huge mismatch. Like, it, it, I guess I never really considered that that much because I'm thinking of, you know, we've got, uh, you know, that we have a fair amount of, of, of stars on defense. But when you kind of put that defensive line together, and I, I'm not as familiar with the New Orleans line, but they won the trenches by far. I um, understand that they might have the best offensive line in the league. Correct. Uh, I think I've now heard anchored that. Anchored by the, U, the UWSP pointer, Ryan Ramchak at right tackle. Yeah. Yes, congratulations. Yeah. Um, one of the highest paid 
left he tackle. Is. Right? I, is. I that... believe he's, he might be the highest paid right tackle in the league after he signed his big contract. And those of us in the advancement office took took, took note of that. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. going to say, take a, yeah. write that down. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but if I'm defensive coordinator, do I say, all right, I'm going to have a, I may have a mismatch here at defensive line and against their offensive line. So what I might do is play it straight. You know, I'm going to do very little. I'm not going to disguise anything. I'm not going to crowd the line of scrimmage and back off. I'm not going to do anything to sort of make it at least uh, some deception to think of what we're going to do in defense. I'm just going to kind of line up my four or five guys against their four or five guys and let's just see what happens. Um, I did not see anything to sort of help this defense sort of create any kind of confusion. It was extremely reactive and it felt like for a period of time, everyone in the backfield seemed to be doing where you put your right arm to your right and your left arm to your yeah. left as you're sort of communicating with each other. That seems to me, uh, I would call that confusion, you know, that looks like, <laughs> but maybe that's more of a, uh, a ritual before you do before every defensive play. Um, Joe Barry, and, you know, and then let the tweets come out. I, I, I hadn't got my Twitter until somewhere in the second quarter. And man, the Joe Barry mm. eight was fast and furious. What do you think about our new defensive coordinator now? Well, we did not have, um, as, as is our tradition on Packers therapy, we did not do offseason uh, podcasts. So we did not talk about the dismissal or I guess the non-renewal of uh, Mike Patton in favor of going with uh, Joe Barry. Now they, I know he wasn't their first choice. They wanted Jim Leonard, yeah. the defensive coordinator at the Me University too. of Wisconsin. Can we just, yeah, just commiserate the fact that Jim Leonard wouldn't take the job. I, I think that's, I would have loved to have Jim Leonard as our coach. You well, probably know him better. I would, I would too, except that I like him at Wisconsin, <laughs> yeah. you know, because <laughs> that's the team I watch on Saturdays. So um, they did not get him though. They had to go for the second option, I guess. I'm assuming Barry was their second option. Um, and what bothered me about that uh, is that he had been defensive coordinator twice before uh, in Detroit and in Washington, and both times uh, he had bottom five defenses. I think he was two years in each place. Terrible. Yeah. yeah, and I I can understand the first time that happens, you can say, well, it's Detroit or, you know, or Washington wasn't very good, and so, yeah. But when it happens twice in two different places, um, why is that guy getting hired? You know, I mean, that that just that just doesn't seem that just didn't make sense to me. But I thought, OK, you know, I don't study this game. He's was on the Rams staff, the Rams, the top defense last year. Uh, maybe he's also, you know, learned a lot since he was D.C. in um, in Detroit and in Washington. So, you know, all right, let's see what happens. Well, it's one game. You don't know, um, but the uh, overarching strategy appeared to be very similar to what Mike Pettin had, except that they were less effective than what they had with, <laughs> yeah. Mike, with, with, with Mike Pettin. And Mike Pettin, let's not forget, I mean, it was a top 10 defense. It was number nine uh, ranked, at least in terms of yards. I, I don't think that was the score. I think that was the yards. They were, they were, by some measures, a top 10 defense last year. And it makes me wonder... A little bit if the removal of Mike Pettin wasn't um, a reaction to, you know, essentially the problems they had um, at the end of the first half of the NFC Championship game, the whole Kevin King thing where there was the debacle involving communication on the sidelines. And I I, I was wondering if this wasn't um, 
a decision made out of uh, frustration and not out of you know reasonable consideration. So that to me, you know, let's you know let let's be fair here that Lafleur is still a young coach, a, a handsome coach. I will give you that, but a young coach nonetheless. Um, and I'm wondering if you know maybe that five years from now, uh, you know, Lafleur would have a have a different outlook on that. Would look at the big picture. Would not you know be listening to what the fans want, and you know would maybe just take a breath and stay with a guy that had a top ten defense uh, rather than overreaching for something else and coming up with what he has. If you're asking me, Dave, is this a long-term, medium-term, or short-term concern? To me, the Joe Barry hiring is a long-term concern uh, because his track record is not good. The first game was not encouraging. And I worry, you know, are we going to see this kind of crap all year long? Or next week when they come out, will they have benched Kevin King? And will they have put in Eric Stokes? And, you know, will they try to do something different in the middle? I mean, you know, dude they picked up in free agency at the middle linebacker was he looked, you know, late to the ball all the time. Not Chris Barnes, the, you know, Campbell. I wish. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That yep. That's it. I knew it was a soup of some kind. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm, you know, will, will they be making some changes or will they just let this ride? And to me, the defense broadly is a long-term a season-long concern. Well, I think there are two options of how this came down with Joe Barry. Um, Jim Leonard, he said no. And then they said, all right, well, let's start at the bottom. Let's let's, start, let's try that approach. And that worked. That was a, that was a, a genius move. Or maybe the list was upside down when they uh, went to uh, go back to the list. Um, the other, which I think is probably more likely, is I think LaFleur wanted a defensive coordinator that he felt he could work with that he could yell at, that he could control. I think mm-hmm. Mike Pettin probably scared the heck out of him because he looks I know mean. he scared me. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I, I know he scared me. Had a ton of experience. He was here before LaFleur. I'm sure, you know, Mike, what do you think about this? Maybe, all right, all right, fine. It runs out of the room. Um, you know, he needed somebody that he could push around and, and be a head coach of. And and uh, But he didn't get somebody who was, you know, the, you know, what he should have got and what he would have is some protege of who's the head coach for San Francisco. That was his like best man is wedding. And oh like, yeah, that guy he, was a, he, he got a head coaching job. He did. Yeah. But like the way they ran defense, they were talented, but it felt like they were aggressive. And yeah, exactly. you know, what did, what did we have? We had guys lining up in the same spots sort of over and over very few blitzes that I could see. And your corners are playing five to 10 yards off. And I can kind of see why Kevin King plays that way because if you do play too close, you'll run right by you, which was one touchdown. <laughs> if you play off, at least all you're giving up is first downs because, uh, and smart of the saints, if Kevin King's going to play you 20 yards off, take it for the first down. But if he comes up and presses, just run right by him. I, I just don't see Kevin King. Uh, I think Kevin King is specifically for me is, is a long-term concern. You drafted his replacement. Um, I don't know. I, he signed him, I well, suppose, but I, I think the, it's time. To the re-signing of him was was a mystery to me, Dave. I mean, yeah. why why did they do that? I mean, what was <laughs> if they paid him? I think six million. So um, I to me that didn't make any sense. No. Uh, after I mean, it wasn't just the NFC Championship game. It was all season long. You know, he it, there were times you know where he was okay, but he's hurt a lot. 
And then, of course, the abysmal, you know, busted coverage. Why would you bring that back? Um, And then let alone, okay, maybe you brought him back for depth, you know, to have a veteran in reserve. You know, maybe he plays in nickel or dime or something like that. It's good to have a veteran. Um, Why? Why would you start him? You know, especially when you have a first round draft choice that showed promise. Yeah. Well, they weren't blind. They did draft a corner first round. I mean, they must yeah. have seen, but they to sign him again. I mean, he knows the deep. Well, I guess no, he doesn't know the defense. He got a new defensive oh. coordinator, but you know, he knows the building, I guess. And, uh, you know, yeah. Could he be a decent backup? I would think was their strategy, but cause he was, he was burned in every which way that you can, including running into Sullivan, you know, for another touchdown. So he was potentially oh, yeah. responsible right. for two yeah, touchdowns. Right. Um, I don't, I know if they look at film, are they grading him like, you know, Kevin, um, it's not your fault. <laughs> you're, you're doing the best you can. I, I, I would think that if you're seeing the same defense out there and no replacement for King, um, I think it's going to be a very long season because I'm not seeing anything interesting that Barry is bringing to the table. Well, and this is a concern. And I, and, and that's why for, for me, you know, we talked, you know, short, middle and long, this is a long-term concern. And, and what's a shame of it with this defense is you have a shutdown corner. Like I would think that yeah. could tilt the field where you could do some interesting things as a result of that. I mean, and you have a couple good pass rushers. You've you've got some pretty athletic, you know, you've got a pretty good nose tackle. I, I mean, I think there are things you can emphasize rather than having to always be so exposed at your weaknesses, which is King and, and, and the rest of your defensive line. I, I just wish that they could do, you know, I, I, I looked at, I don't know, did you watch the Ravens and the Raiders play? Uh, actually, I wish I would have. I read about it and then and watched the highlights because it was such a entertaining finish. I mean, whatever defense we're running is junior high and, you know, what the Ravens is doing is sort of uh, yeah. is college level, right? Because now they lost on the last play because they had em- right. they emptied out. There was no safety. They had a wide receiver run out and, and was able to catch kind of a, a lofted throw because he outran whoever's covering them at the line of scrimmage. But, you know, there were many times where they had no one in the backfield. Everyone's on the line of scrimmage. And, you know, Carr is running for his life at, at, at times. And that must be really intimidating to see that happen. Um, I, either, I Not that I want him necessarily to, to do that, but I'd like to see something else that, I mean, Joe Barry, Mike Pettin, Dom, I guess even Dom Capers was a little bit more creative. He would bring, like, all his linebackers once in a while on that uh whatever that defense was, the Rhino or something. Um, <laughs> I, I saw nothing with Joe Barry, and I, I, I just don't think they're talented to just rely on corners, stick with their guys, safety, anticipate. You know, we control line of scrimmage. That's not the defense we got. Um, yeah, I, so. I, I think this is, this to me, more than the offense, this is the side of the ball to watch this season. They, I still think that, um, four games into the season, the offense is going to be, you know, just fine. I don't have the same confidence on the defense. And, you know, you, that's that's the side of the ball. You got to be sound enough on that side of the ball. You can't count on consistently blowing other defenses off the field. You got to get something from the defense. You have enough good players that you should be okay on on defense, just regardless of what scheme you run, because you have enough talented players. If they can't get that, 
I don't care if their offense is number one in the league. It's going to be real tough to win games if you can't have at least a middle-of-the-pack defense. Did I see something that um, the Saints had a broken NFL record or broke a record for them in a long time that had the most plays in drives that resulted in back-to-back touchdowns? They had 15 plays. They had a field goal and then their second drive, 15 plays. And they had 15 plays again. They showed a graphic that it was like something that hadn't happened for many, many years. I mean, it was a historically bad showing by the defense in the first half. And I think the first half was done in under an hour. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that that's exactly right. I mean, they, they, you know, had the ball a lot. I think, um, Rogers third possession was in the two minute warning, the first half. Mm -hmm. So that just shows you how new Orleans, uh, dominated, that first half, just the number of plays, the amount of time they had the ball. And in those conditions, that's also a long time to have your defense on the field. I mean, there's yeah, just the there's heat. so much wrong yeah. with this with this game. I mean, it's a historically <laughs> bad showing by Rodgers, which means the offense was going to be terrible. And yeah. the defense, I'm trying to think the last time the defense looked that bad. At, at least in a half, yeah. yeah. I wonder what the conversation, you know, before the game, you know, come on, Joe, you're – I'm really looking forward to seeing your communication skills with these guys. And, you know, I'm super excited. And then at halftime, like, geez, Joe, (laughs) if anything else. At halftime, he's scrolling through his contacts, looking for Mike Denton's name. Right. Right. Well, at least he could probably uh, felt comfortable talking to him at halftime. So at least we got that going for us. Um, Should we take a break here? I think I need one because I just emptied my glass. So I think it might be time. Uh, to to do that and and what's also it's time to do um, because it is the halfway point in Packers empty something else out right yeah it's the time to em- empty out your bank account uh, you know <laughs> you need to go to PayPal you need to go there immediately and you're going to be able to stop this podcast in just a second so you can go on your phone you can go on your iPad uh, you can go uh, desktop and you can go to PayPal Packers Therapy Yahoo.com and bang you can put money in the pockets. Of Chris and Dave, and don't delay, do it today. Um, we're gonna be back. <laughs> Is that our new slogan? The, well, it's, it it's, 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 I don't know why it popped in my head, it just did. <laughs> so, we're gonna take a second here, and you can run off and you can give us some money. Uh, stop the podcast, and Chris and Dave will be back. More Packers therapy right after this. Dave, back with more. Packers therapy. And I got to tell you, Dave, this is this is a tough one for me to do this week. And, and not just because we're a couple days you know, late. Um, it's been hard because I I had some expectations uh, and I know I try not to have expectations because yes. expectations are premeditated resentments. <laughs> but I just kind of had the feeling that, you know, this Packers team, um, you know, was but it was such an incredible letdown um, that they – not that they lost. It's the way they lost and how pathetic they looked. Um, and it's, it, it's hard to believe. And he got the extra day, too, before Monday when they play again, that it just kind of makes you wonder and doubt all of a sudden. And then you talk about taking the wind out of yourselves. Last week when they got – last week, last year when they got hammered by – Tampa Bay, that was like in the, what, the fifth game or so of the season. And it by that time, you kind of had the sense that they were going to be pretty good. Yeah. But now, we don't have anything. We haven't even seen playing the preseason, and it makes you doubt. And it just 
uh, I don't know. This is a tough one for me to for me to do because I want to be optimistic and I want to say, nah, it's nothing to worry about. But you don't really have anything else to go on. Well, it's, it's kind of the things, you know, we I've seen them lose two games in a row now uh, from last year to this year. And, right, right, yeah. you know, they had all season to try to correct some of the things that made them lose in that game. And and it almost looked like they're worse in 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 yeah. some of the areas, and now they found some new problems. So, yeah, it is just one game. We don't have enough. And even if they played all three preseason games from beginning to end, I don't know if that would have made a difference if they had played like this. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I felt this was a team that could be special. And I just wonder from my own experience, um, for good and bad, I've, I've seen two ways that people have talked about this. Uh, on the one hand, you know, when the Milwaukee Bucks won the NBA championship, which happened in the U.S., if you're not aware of Giannis Antetokounmpo or, and the Bucks, you know, they won. And it seemed to, like, break this Wisconsin curse. The Brewers are in first place, our baseball team in Milwaukee. Um, they're playing great. They just, you know, threw a no-hitter uh, the other day. So I'm like, you know, we are on a yeah. Yeah. roll in Wisconsin. And here come the Packers. And then... Lucy pulled the football away and it just completely <laughs> and it just brought all the bad feelings back from last year against Tampa. So I I think that's why I'm having such a hard time. Now, I was at this conference and uh, David Brooks spoke at this conference. You know, David oh, really? Brooks, uh, from, from from the New York Times. Yeah. New York Times. Yep. And he is the guy that wrote The Road to Character, yeah. uh, The Road to a Moral Life and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So I, he spoke at this conference I was at the morning after the game. And as I was listening to him talk about, you know, being selfless, like put, you know, going from a a life of trying to be self-centered and trying to succeed and and just build up your accomplishments to a life that you're like, you're thinking about other people and wanting to to build into other people. And at that moment, I thought, I don't care the Packers lost. In fact, I'm going to go on this podcast and I want to like say, like, look, it's just a game. It's just one game. Um if you're a Wisconsin fan, we we do we have our Bucks win in our in our past. We should be pleased that we we got to see a championship. Like it's okay, it's all right. And then I watched the replay of the game today, <laughs> and I lost it all. I just made me so angry the way they played, and the stupid look in Aaron Rodgers' eyes uh, half the time because you know they. If you're at his level, I think you know how good you are by how close the camera focuses in on your face, um, and. They got a zoom lens that goes as close to Aaron Rodgers' eyes as possible because it feels like you can see every bloodshot capillary in his eyes at times. And he had that look. Um, it just made me feel all the badness from last year against Tampa. And ah, I hated it. I like I like it when the Bucks won. That was fun. This sucks. <laughs> I I don't like this at all. Yeah, but but the, a month from now, it could feel a lot different and i'd like to say feel a lot different in a positive sense that you know maybe maybe this team is you know go is going to be what we thought it was it just it just didn't come out of the shoot that way and we have seen this though before with not just our team but other teams that either look really great in uh september or they look really lousy but by december it's completely different you know the league is different uh people getting you know injured in so forth, they wind up being teams that are very strong. They gain momentum and everything is fine. Maybe that will be this season. So I'm I'm willing to suspend my disbelief because they had a bad game. Now, if they had had the bad game in the sixth week or even the ninth week, 
um, you know, you may, you may be just saying, well, you know, some weeks are like that. But yeah. when this is the only evidence you have and you haven't seen him play in the preseason, it, it, it does it does shake your confidence. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I think that's fair. Although I look at the schedule and I'm thinking, you know, how many games will it take for them to kind of turn this around for me? I mean, if they beat the Lions, I my expectations is that they should beat the Lions, right? I, well, yeah. And well, let's say they beat the Lions, but barely. And then I'm going to mm. probably still feel a little squeezy. But then yeah. they go to San Francisco. I guess that they have a very strong showing against San Francisco. Then maybe I can kind of wash this New Orleans uh, uh, off myself. But, you know, it seems like every last few years, there's always been that one team in the NFC that, uh, you know, really took us in, in, in the season. And then that we faced them again in the playoffs and it didn't get any better. We've had that with San Francisco, had that with Tampa, um, Seattle a few times. Like, it feels like there's that, that one team. I can't imagine New Orleans is that team. I, they, well, they looked very good, but uh, I just think they look good against the Packers. Um, well, well but here, here's the thing. You mentioned Seattle. 2014. You remember that that's where they opened the season. Now, they didn't look this bad, but they clearly were not as good as that Seahawks team. And you know, I think that was Corey Lindsley's first game. Um, he was a rookie, and he started at center. And, of course, they had a rookie center in this game. And, you know, they lost convincingly. And by the end of the year, though, they had to go back to Seattle. Well, we know what happened they in lost. that particular game. Point they lost. Me. But again, they that that's a game that they that they could have won many different ways. Right. The point was that during the sweep of the season, you know, they had equalized and maybe even surpassed Seattle at that point. Um, and this, you know, I mean, if they had to play New Orleans again in the postseason, I would really have to believe <laughs> that you know they would be uh, a far different team. Even if they had to play inside the Superdome or whatever it's called now. Um, even if they had to play in New Orleans, I would think that they would you know, be a, an entirely different team just for the, for the sake of having played all season, you know? Maybe. Well, they wouldn't have the heat because now we know it, it, it. time zones and the heat. Time zone uh, and the heat, yep. Yeah, yep. We gotta, in, in, in a dome, at least, you only have to deal with the, the massive change of the hour time change. So well, you're in, right. the, in In the dome, though, it's central time. New Orleans is central time. Oh, it is central. Oh, it's central well, time. Yeah. Then you have neither. Well, then I'm going to cross New Orleans as a as a team. I'm I'm worried about completely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, let's go uh, some quick hitters here. Um, yeah. I I think you talked about number fifty five. Yep. Uh, what do you have to say? I don't know what more is there to say other than it's completely ridiculous. Is uh, the roughing the passer on Zadarius Smith? Um, do you want to vent on yeah. that one for a bit? Yeah, I do. Because um, now. In real time, I don't remember if, if you recall. Oh, of course, I don't remember because we didn't talk about this. But um, if, if you saw what happened in real time when the ball was thrown, you only saw just the briefest glimpse of, you know, 55 totally taken out the quarter. I mean, he, yeah. you know, and I, I thought, uh oh, that's going to be a problem. And then they showed it on replay. And I looked really hard and I said, well, gee, he didn't hit him in the head didn't hit him in the neck. It looked like a shoulder shot. It looked like he hit him with kind of his shoulder and one arm. And, he did, and, and he, he did not fall on top of him. Yep. Um, so there was no driving into the ground. I mean, all the things that historically and traditionally are roughing the passer just weren't there. And yet 
you know, they didn't pick up the flag. The, the, the thing uh, stood. And it reminded me of that Clay Matthews thing, uh, 2018, maybe something like that. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. one of the early games of the season. Um, I thought it was against um, Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Kirk um, and, yeah. Kyle yeah. And, that was when they were trying to make an example of it, yeah. Right, and I think he also had another one early in that season or a couple games later, too, where it was the same deal, where they were you know, trying to make it was a point of emphasis. Right. But in both cases, I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't one, one of those things where it was pile driving into the ground with all of his body weight. And, and this was even, to me, you could even make a case that the Clay Matthews plays, you know, were closer to pass interference, and those weren't. But you uh, not passer, but roughing the passer, yeah. Right. Um, and this, I, I, I don't know what they saw. I would love even Mike Pereira, who is not among my favorites, but even he said, you know, no, that that was not roughing the passer. And if a guy who's a member of the officiating fraternity is saying that, then you have to believe that one rough, rough, roughing the passer. Now, is that the reason why they lost? No, but it was one of those contributing factors, like. The interceptions uh, from 12 that, you know, you, you put them all together and you got a problem. And what made the roughing the passer even worse, that play was that was intercepted. That was an, I know. A, an interception in the end zone and a pretty good return, too, as I remember. That's what really made it painful is that you n- not just that you you got the penalty on the roughing the passer, but it took an interception when they desperately needed one. You know, I. I don't know how the game comes out. They probably don't win, but that was a critical play. Yeah, I felt at that point, maybe it was 24 to 3. I think, uh, yeah, it was 24 to 3. So made it 31 to 3, which, you know, that what was, was over o- was, was over, really yeah. over. It, it, just, it, it, it was more of an eye roller to me because the, the game at that point seemed completely lost. Um, but I, I tell you, Chris, you know, when I looked at that, I think if, I, if, if the Packers hired me as a consultant and who knows? You know, it, well, it, you it, are you are available, right? I, I am available and have lots lots to to discuss. Sure. Um, the first one of the first things I would do is I would say if you uh, are going to hit the quarterback, you gotta. Well, I would call. I would spend a whole practice on what I would consider uh, kind of a, an acting uh, part <laughs> of the game. And what Zadarius you know, or any when you, you need to do when you hit a quarterback go down, you need to at the very end put your hands back like you didn't touch him. Like I, you need to do, you can't just, you know, really hit him because the problem was he hit him hard and I don't think he was sorry about it. I think that was like the combination. <laughs> like you gotta, you can hit him hard fairly, but then I think you need to kind of like, you know, back off or, you know, put your hands up. Like you, you didn't do anything. Same thing as someone touches your head, you got to whip your your neck. Like oh, you've yeah, just been exactly. smacked with a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> if someone touches your arm as a receiver, you need to grab their hand and pretend like yeah. you've been pulled to the ground. And then uh, you got to point at them. Yeah. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. You got a point. Um, well, I don't think you do. I, if you, if you're defending someone, I don't think you, you raise your hands. Like I didn't touch them. That seems to make you look guilty. That one seems to be not, doesn't fall into that category, but there's lots of other acting. It's just, you know, it's the NBA. It's the, uh, I'm touched. I'm going to flop to the ground. It's so- they do in soccer. Um, I think, you know, what Zedarius needs to do is he needs, it's the fair hit, but at the very end, he needs to be, show some remorse <laughs> in some <laughs> physical way. And then well, he won't get called because uh, no, it's otherwise, I don't know what you do. But, but there's more in this Zedarius thing though, too. I mean, he was, mysteriously sitting out for most of training camp and yet he played what 
20 snaps and, you know, put heat on the passer there yeah. uh, on the play in question. He didn't look like a guy with a bad back, but, you know, you, you don't know. And then what really was suspicious was they elected seven captains and Zadarius was not among the seven captains. And do they suspect that, you know, he's goal bricking, you know, that he's, oh, my back hurts. I'm not going to be able to take part in training camp, essentially. But I'll play in the game. I, I don't I don't know. I, I've been one of the lucky things I've had. I've never had back problems. Uh, I've had, you know, other <laughs> problems, but never back problems. So I don't know. You know, maybe that is really a thing that, you know, you can it comes and goes. And so you can it can bother you. And then you're well enough to play, you know, 20 snaps and sack the quarterback. Maybe that is how that works in some cases. But his teammates who had voted him captain the last two years did not vote him among the seven captains this year. And yeah. so you wonder what's going on there. And then this thing I heard today, and I have not read this. I just heard Jason Wilde talking about it today, where apparently he's having a pendant, not Jason Wilde, but Zadarius Smith, having a pendant made with the captain logo on it. You know? Oh, jeez. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, and, what, this culture, this locker room, must be uh, just absolutely fantastic right now. I, it's, I, I think between Rodgers and, and shit like this, yeah. I, I, oh, my God. I, that... That's a question. They may have all the talent and ability in the world, but if that locker room is is that screwed up, I I don't know if that's the formula for success or not. <laughs> well, that's why I wonder. You know, you got the Saints who you know have their city is underwater, and you know they have to go through all this, and and they're rallying around a first year quarterback who's had a lot of, um, you, you know, his his, his time in the NFL hasn't been, yeah, hasn't been, yeah, yeah, hasn't, right, hasn't been yeah. straight up. Um, you know, maybe they just, it's the complete opposite. So, um, in that way, maybe they can turn around because, you know, maybe culture is something you can, you can't get faster, stronger, you know, but maybe you can kind of turn your attitude around. Um, but maybe, maybe not. I, I also saw Zedarius tweeted, I think he just tweet the word wow. And, and no one really understood, like, what did that mean? And, and they thought maybe it was results of not being named captain. So, right, right. Yeah, um, that's why it, it came out that day. Yeah. When, when the tweet appeared. So I assumed that's what it was. I think he has some hurt feelings about I that situation. It, yeah. it, it seemed to, yeah, and that translates to his back occasionally. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I tweeted that. I think his back is bad because of all the weight from the wallet. You know, I mean, that yeah. can goof up a guy's posture. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I guess we should pronounce his name correctly. Seguira. I can't even say it. It's not Seguira. Seguora. That's it. I think. I thought it was. I thought it was Duguara. Oh, I'm sorry. I wrote it down. Duguara. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the tight end who sustained the who who sustained the concussion. Yeah. Number eighty-one. You're talking about here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was. It was during the. Yeah, as he went down, everyone's on the knee. I felt yeah. like, oh, football. I yeah. Just, yeah. just feel like, why, why? Um, but hopefully, I haven't heard if he, what's if he's just in the protocol now. I assume is is. Uh, I have not heard anything more again. on that. Uh, but you know, I believe his first name is Josiah. I believe yeah. is his, I is think his that's first right. name. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know, he may be one of those guys because last year it was the ACL, and he and he, I think he was that the fourth game of the year. I think that he sustained the ACL. And he may be one of those guys that is just unlucky when it comes to injuries and a promising career might never take shape because he gets hurt. 
Yeah. And this this may be one of those cases. But when he was laying motionless there, um, I saw what he tried to do. He tried to block. It looked like he had his head down when he was blocking, which you're not supposed to do. And the consequences were that he was apparently um, maybe got like the stinger where you lose the feeling in your arm and he maybe lost consciousness a little bit, but he walked off the field too. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe it's a few weeks that he misses because of the uh, the concussion, but they're really high on that guy. They are. Yeah. 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 That PR team that's pushing MVS is also <laughs> working Deguara's camp uh, too. So, yeah. And I, and he seems kind of a hybrid, you know, tight end that can, um, I mean, he was in the, in the game early and I think they do like what he brings to the table, but um, yeah, you wonder if he's just one of these guys that just can't stay healthy. Um, those are more or less my hitters. Uh, we talked about the punts. Um, I do think it's curious that um, the Packers seem to be pretty quick to pull the go for it on fourth down. Um, yeah. Did they do it in the first series on their, I mean, look and see what that was. They went for a fourth down on their own uh 34 yard line start the game that surprised me uh that's a sign though that you've got a lot of confidence in your offense and you think that you know yeah i mean sure we're deep in our own territory but our offense is good enough we're gonna get the first down and i also believe in our defense if we don't get it and you know that's the kind of thing early in the game early in the season you're making a statement to your team and all right i i didn't like it but it worked out, and congratulations, but it didn't impact the game positively. But I, I give a lot of credit for them going for it there. Um, I, I usually like to be at least on my own 40, you know, before I do that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah the, the, uh, was the opponent's 40. No, I was thinking my own 40 at, at least. Oh, well, they, oh, oh, you mean I'm, beyond even that? See, I, I would think you'd want to – well, it, or so early in the game – I mean, had they not converted that? I mean, they threw it to MVS, and he could clearly drop it. Um, you know, then they get the ball at the 34. That then means 10 nothing. With then that game, um, well, I guess the good thing that could have happened if they didn't make it is uh, maybe the defense would have been off the field faster because, as it turned out, they got a first down, ended up punting anyway, and then New Orleans had enough room to run 15 plays. Oh. It may have been better to to punt at that point and shorten that to eight plays. And maybe the uh, <laughs> defense would have been a little bit fresher. So I, I don't know. I just, it, if we're at the point where we're going for fourth downs that early on our own 30, 40, um, I mean, would you do it if it's third and one on your own 29? I mean, would you, well, on third down, I tend to go for it. Yeah. Uh, fourth and uh, fourth and one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's very still preseason for me. This is like my, this is, the fourth, this is the fourth game, right? Yeah. So this will be the fourth, you know, preseason game. Yeah, I, I gotta uh, get the names down, downs down. Uh, we, but would you? I mean, if you have confidence in your offense, I mean, there's got to be some point. First drive of the game, you get stopped at the 29 yard line, fourth down, go for it. Well, this, you know, this the the research says that teams don't go for it enough on fourth down, and if it's yeah. if it is a fourth and one. Um, I, yeah, I, I guess the odds are with you, especially the way the game is tilted toward offenses. So that, you know, that is not a crazy idea to me. I mean, teams seem to be able to, you know, pick up a couple of yards, even just on one of those bubble screens or things like that. So it seems like, it seems like the odds are with you. And the thing about early in the game that 
I like. It's a little bit like watching Jeopardy and something that Aaron Rodgers hosted in the offseason. Um, it's like Jeez, that, I wish they'd talk about that more. So, yeah, God. So if it's if you're playing Jeopardy and, uh, you know, you've you've gone through a half a dozen clues on the first board and get the daily double. Well, you know, maybe you got eight hundred dollars. And yeah, you go for a true daily double or you do the thousand dollars that you can wager, you know, anyway, because if you don't get it and you wind up going in the hole, well, it's still early. You can make that up. Yeah. And I, I think this is the same kind of thing here. If you go for it on fourth and one at your 34, you don't get it. And the other team you know, gets it and they score even a field goal because you're basically giving them a field goal at that point. Um, you've got enough time in the game. You can make it up if you believe in your offense. So. I, you know, I didn't like it, but I could see that rationale why they might, you know, why they might have done it. And that that made some sense in that regard. And I also think you're trying to set a tone for the team. You know, yep, we're confident, we're aggressive, all that kind of stuff. You put up that mindset into your team. You're telling them that I believe in you guys. I think you can make it. And if you can't, damn it, I believe in the defense to, to stop them. And that may have been part of this, too, is that you're just trying to set a tone. That's true. But although I do in this, this may be a topic for another podcast because we uh, I could spend a lot of time talking about this. But do you think that uh, the journey of the game could make a difference? Like, let's say the Saints get the ball on the 25 and the first uh, first play is a fumble and the Packers recover. They score a touchdown. Do you think the Packers lose 38 to seven, you know, if they score first and you get excited, get confidence going. Saints are playing from behind. Um, because I, I think if you're going to go for it early and then you you give up the field goal, 6 nothing at this what happened here, or 10 nothing, um, that now your journey is much more difficult. So you, you, one of the things you, you don't want to get behind because it's not only is it harder – it's it's harder psychologically, but you um, you know as as we saw, you know we get behind. Rogers tends to throw the ball more. Um, do you think that's a, that that there is any universe where if the Packers would have gotten a say a lead or got the ball for it first and scored that they could have won this game, or was the Saints just no matter what? I mean, the Saints were just far better, superior than the Packers on that day. If I, I think I think this is a great question. Um, normally, I would say. Yeah, you know, if 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 this play early in the game, it could have changed the entire complexion of the game going forward. Except that, having seen the Packers play and how lethargic they appeared and less ready, um, they they were not exactly shot out of a cannon. Maybe they should have been. You know, that would have maybe made a lot of people feel better. But they just didn't seem to have. The energy, the drive, the enthusiasm, the aggressiveness, all the things that you think you'd get in a first game, especially when you've got the fans on your side, um, they just didn't have it. No. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if they, you know, if, if they would have received the opening kickoff. They didn't because, you know, New Orleans got the ball first. But if you run that kickoff back, um, I'm, I'm not sure that that would have been enough because they just didn't seem to bring any measure of, you know, excitement uh, with the urgency, the, the, the kinds of, of things that, that New Orleans seemed to be playing with. So I'm, I'm not sure it would have mattered. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I do think there are some games where the, where the path matters. It's not, it's who scores first and mm-hmm. that sets the tone and, and you don't seem to recover. You know, it here, you know, the, 
Saints scored. Packers get the ball and has seven plays. They uh, do get one first down. They I think that's when they went for it on fourth down. Um, then they ended up having to punt. But let's say the Packers score on that and that drive. Could that game have been different? I I don't know. I guess that would be one hope. Is that that one of the reasons Packers stunk so bad? Is that it just they had a couple of I mean, the defense got no breaks. You know, the New Orleans didn't have an unfortunate, you know, drop or fumble or something that could have helped out. Um, and it just, the path of this game just ended up being really bad. I mean, two, th- they had two drives basically in the first half. And New Orleans drove for 15, 30 plays and, and two drives. Um, they just never recovered from that, even though, you know, they I think they had a shot after, after halftime to get back in the game. But uh, anyway... Have anything else that you want to, to cover? Uh, let me take a look at my notes here. Um, I think we kind of already touched on, on this, but I, I, I really wanted to probe a little bit on, on how much of a difference the whole nonsense with Rodgers made in the offseason. Uh, you know, I, I know people have been commenting, even our man I Chuck wrote as I, I think a bit of a tongue-in-cheek um uh, email with the subject line, get a haircut hippie, yeah. uh, you know, kind of thing. But other people, you know, have, have commented on his affect, uh, his demeanor. Um, you know, I'm working on myself, um, kind of, kind of a, you know, a Zen sort of thing. I did not see the interview with uh, the other Aaron Andrews, uh, to, to know how he I came did. off it was in the that. Same, same old stuff. Yeah. There's nothing new. That it's, I, I, they want to replace me, do it now, and I want to have a say in player personnel. That was it. That yeah. was nothing new. Well, and, and that's kind of you know, what his, his position was in that opening uh, news conference early in the right. uh, uh, preseason. So uh, I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think um, how that registers with the other 52 guys or you know, 67, if you include the practice squad guys, how that how that lands, that kind of attitude, that all off season and then even into the preseason, and now you know during the regular season with this interview, how does that make people? Do they feel more motivated? Do they feel less motivated? I mean, how how does that impact how the other guys play when they see a tweet with? Their two best players with 17 and 12, you know, kind of doing the Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan thing, last dance. How do they read that? I mean, what's the yeah. reaction um, from the rank and file? Do they just roll their eyes and say, whatever, I'm playing for, you know, my money and my future and whatever, whatever. I, you know, I don't care what happens to him because I want to play in this league as long as I can. Uh, or is it, you know, well, you know, if 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 he isn't all in, if he isn't committed um, you know, if, if he's just playing out the string, you know, I mean, what does it matter? We're, we're not going to win anyway. You know, I, I, I just, I just don't know how that impacts or if it impacts the rest of the team and how they approach their jobs, you know? So it's a, I, I'm kind of curious. It's a great question. Um, because you have Rogers with his stuff, you know, an article right before the game, Devontae Adams says there's zero chance he's getting a contract extension before the beginning of the season. So there's sort of two disgruntled people, though you can't see it in Adam's play, but um, that, you know, you read that 
Um, we already talked about Zedarius. Yeah, um, so that's three guys, three of your best players. You got, uh, you know, in the post game, you've got the floor saying this was an embarrassment, and uh, Rogers said, you know, he can say what he wants. Uh, you know, it's just one game. It it just feels. I tell you, the whole drama in the off season has, I think, one known effect, and that is that the fans uh, have very little patience for Aaron Rodgers' crap right now. Right? I think. I, I I'm not watching him on Pat McAfee. I I will hear the stuff he says, but right, right. like I as whatever he says, I think I will most ninety nine percent sure the stuff he says on Pat McAfee will make me mad as opposed to like oh that's interesting or that yeah I can see that now and I even said a few podcasts ago that I was actually on Roger's side in terms right, of I right. do think that management, but you know I I guess the. As as more developments have happened, and sort of watching him, and then and when Jordan Love goes in, they sh- you see him on the sideline with Adams and Bakhtiari, sort of like in a Mean Girls pose with the rest yeah. of the team. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah it just I think the pa- the fans' patience and what the way Twitter was, I think Twitter's turning on Rogers really quickly. A um, lot of talk of trading him. Should we trade him in season? Which I thought, wow, I didn't even think of that. And I'm usually want to be pretty negative pretty fast. Um, but the other that is an unknown that could happen that 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 opens the door for this is his this is my last season it's not going well I'm I'm not gonna make that comeback where I think we're gonna run the table he might be like I'm gonna kind of run out the season you know mm-hmm. I, I think there's yeah. a lot more of a of a I mean he's human um, why wouldn't you do that if you think that this is your last year and well I tried and didn't work out I guess. I'm not the Jordan I thought I was, and I'll just last dance my way out of here and turn it over. I, I, I think it could, it could be a. It certainly isn't a positive in any way. I, I, I don't. I'm not seeing that the team is rallying behind the fact that he's back. At least the way they played, you know. You know, yeah, and and it's easy to, <clears throat> excuse me, it's easy to make, you know, these kind of judgments when they played so lousy. Yeah. And because it it does open the door though. To you know this kind of quote unquote analysis, which we are not—that's not our calling card. But it does open the door to this, say, commentary or criticism that you go through all of this stuff, and the first time you see the guy play, the whole thing looks kind of indifferent, maybe uh, perplexed, it, not all in. If this is supposed to be a last dance, all in season, it, it didn't—it didn't feel that way. The first game out of the box. No, and, and and so is it him? Is it everybody? Is it all these other factors? Is it the overconfidence? Uh, you know, the what was the phrase they were the reading the press the press clippings? I mean, there's all these kinds of questions that I think are opened up from from Joe Barry. Was it smart to get a Mike Patton? Uh, all of these things are wide open when you when you play like that, and then. You know, Jordan Love comes on, and I didn't think he—I thought he looked credible. And now, Grant, granted, it was garbage time. It was basically kind of preseason there a little, little bit. But, you know, he looked okay. He had that one nice pass to, to Randall Cobb. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, he, I think his passer rating was over 100, too, like 101. Um, so even though he had the—you know, again, he got the ball stripped from him. Uh, but he played pretty well, and it just sort of— that contrast of a guy who's, you know, hungry and wants it. I don't, I'm still not convinced he's going to be a great quarterback, but still he, he looked a hell of a lot better than 12. Yeah. And uh, 
I, I thought it was really, da- you know, if you're going to get love 10 minutes, and I thought, what if he comes in there and marches them right up and down the field? I don't think anybody would say, let's start love over Rodgers. You know, no yeah. one with uh, other than Viking fans would say that. But uh, I just felt that would, you know, if he performs well, and I thought he did to a degree, I think the, uh, the fumble hurt him, but at least does it kind of make you go like, eh, maybe we have some hope and I'm going to. I'm going to turn on Rogers a little bit faster because I I feel like this let's flush the season myself, and uh, maybe the future looks bright with with love and and um, why wouldn't the future look bright with love if you really <laughs> think of it? You know? uh, there was so, one writer in Pittsburgh. Uh, what is what is the main uh, Pittsburgh paper there? Is it the News Gazette or I I can't recall. But I they had remember. him on on a Milwaukee um, a station. And he was the one guy that wrote a column that said Packers should bench uh, Rodgers and go with Love because, you know, uh, Rodgers isn't all in, basically, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think that's at this point is ludicrous. Now, I do too. If, if if we're in, um, you know, week 13 and, you know, they're sitting at, uh, you know, five and seven or something like that. Well, you know, maybe maybe you're looking at at something like that, you know. But now, I I just I, I just think it's it's too soon. This had the feel of a of a preseason game. I think they got stuff to work out. We have seen this before in the NFL, where things look so different from the beginning to the end of the season. So I I and everybody in their division lost. That that's yeah. the other thing. That's Every right. team in the division lost, and, and so in terms of making the playoffs. It's looking still really good. It's just one loss. It doesn't matter if you lose by, you know, three or in this case, if you lose by thirty-five. It do- it doesn't matter. It counts the same. Yeah, yeah. Well, so anyway, I think it's a great question. You know, we'll uh, we'll have to see. Well, I think we should e- examine it as the season goes along. I mean, and and it will evolve. It'll change. It'll get colored week by week. Let's see what the Detroit game looks like, and then really. The thing is San Francisco. That, yeah. I think, is going to tell us a heck of a lot more. Well, I, I mean, I don't think at this point we need to overlook Detroit. I think we need to have a, a you know a good game against Detroit. But I I just – until I see it, I just have this nervous feeling that we might be going into the fourth quarter in a close game. And uh, – um, but we shall see. But uh, we should probably get the betting lines. We're probably getting well deep into this podcast. And I don't know if we – we've probably done a two-hour podcast, but – and a loss, uh, I, this game doesn't deserve that much time. But well, should, should we I, I think you're right. I think we just want to we just want to kind of have a palate cleanser here. So let's so let's get to what we do best: the betting lines. And we won't be singing this week because the Packers lost. So they do. Yeah, we will. So let's get right to it then. All right. Well, we have a single winner and uh, someone that may have won before, but I, I don't think often. So I'd be interested to claim the winner. But I'll go through this pretty quickly. Uh, for last year, last week's lines. Uh, number one was quarterback rating for Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you boy. set the line at 108, and it oh, was God. 36.8. Oh, uh, quite a bit off of that. Uh, <laughs> catches for Devonta Adams. You set the line at six and a half, and he had only five. So under mm. that one, brilliant. Number of interceptions for Green Bay's defense. Unfortunately, oh. that was zero. Uh, it, should, it should have been one. It should, should have been one. And your line of one and a half would have been much much better. Yeah. Yeah. Who would have the most tackles for the defense? Uh, was Adrian Amos. Uh, there are a lot of Chris Barnes, um, yeah, Isaac right. Campbell, but uh, unfortunately Amos, which is probably, I, I think we can win games with Amos being our main tackler, but mm-hmm. it's probably not the best thing. No. Uh, 
Now, you probably want somebody who's closer to the ball at yeah, the snap. Yeah, I think that's so. Uh, this is an interesting one. A uh, number of touches for Kylan Hill or and Amari Rogers, and you said the line at four and a half. I thought that was too high. It was six. So Hill yeah. uh, got some garbage time as well, and Rogers uh, it was funny. Um, what they say, um, Love's first completion, either for a first down or his first completion ever, was to an A. Rogers. Yes. <laughs> Some irony that, there. That, that was uh, total yards for Kamara. He set the line at 132. It was 91. If you had told me that, I would have thought Packers, uh, Packers would have won. Yep. Will Tanya get a touchdown catch? He did not. Nope. Will the Saints have a kickoff return greater than 35 yards? They did not. They had an interception return that was longer than that. They did. That's that they did. Uh, total points for Green Bay. Uh, the range seemed to go from 28 at the low to 44 at the high. Uh, no one was very close to the three spot that they threw <laughs> up there. So the winner this week uh, is for seven correct is, I think because he must have had a feeling the Packers were going to suck, um, is Samir. Hey! All it is is says Samir. I don't know Samir's last name. I We know a Sam uh, Samir. We, or so, we, but we both do, and I wonder if that's our guy. No, I checked. It's uh, oh, it's okay. a, it's not uh, the Samir that we know. Uh, but congratulations. This is obviously the much more uh, talented and knowledgeable Samir. Um, because the other Samir is a Vikings fan. So yeah. That's correct. And uh, was a, a, a guest on our show way back in time. Yes, he was. Way back in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so thank you, Samir. You uh, open up the uh, Packers Therapy Hotel Casino this year, the 2021 version. Um, uh, did we make any improvements over the offseason? Well, you know, we, we wanted to improve uh, our spot in Reno, uh, but the fire was it's been it's been it's been problematic out there. So yeah. we weren't able to get any improvements. We do have uh, property in in Las Vegas uh, and Laughlin are open. And uh, now, you know, there people are allowed to go there and we're pleased. We are in the top five super spreader locations in the state of Nevada. So if you're looking <laughs> to get the Delta variant, uh, it's the Packers Therapy Hotel and Casino, either one of our locations in Vegas or in Laughlin. Reno sadly is closed down. It's, it's basically like getting a booster shot. I mean, you will, uh, you know, if you get through it, it, it will, it will build up your immunity, but because exactly. um, it's doesn't guaranteed you you to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Exactly. And it's not the only disease uh, that you probably catch there. Yes. That's the thing. You know, you come for the COVID and you leave with chlamydia. So <laughs> you leave with crabs. Yeah. Uh, all right. Ready for week two's uh, betting lines against Detroit. Are you ready oh, yeah. to uh, oh, put man. this team? I, I, I am juiced about let's, this. Let's see how positive or negative you feel. All right. I, um, I'm mixing it up a little bit. Number one, how many rushing attempts do you think Green Bay will have this week? Oh boy, you know that was that was a that was a problem this past week. You know they they got away from the run, and I you know I like passing game. I've been clear on this podcast for a long time. It's a it's a passing league, but with this offense, it's predicated on the ability you know to run the ball, and so I think to be successful in this offense, you got to run it. And what, 15 attempts this past? I mean, that's just yeah. not going to get it done. Nope. So, um, are we counting quarterback scrambles in the running attempts? Yes, we will. Since All right. Be the stats, yeah. All right. Uh, well, I'm thinking this has got to be a lot closer to 30. I'm going to set the line at 28 and a half. All right. I'll take the under. I think we'll, I mean, I, I, 25 would be, would be fair. I think they'll still have a passing team, but uh, 
I'll take the other. Uh, number two, um, I went right back to Aaron Rodgers' quarterback rating. Just can't. He's yeah. the most interesting player in the NFL, apparently. So, what do you think his I quarterback? Can't quit you, be? man. Okay. <laughs> well, it's. I think it's. I think definitely it's going to be above thirty-six point eight. Can we? Can we just say it'll be greater than that? I suppose. I suppose that'll be too easy. Is that your line? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. And I, I, I'm corrected. Love's passer rating last week was one hundred two, one. I see. Okay. Um, you know what? Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see that being Aaron Rodgers' passer rating. So I'm going to say, in fact, I'm going to say exactly 1021. That's what I'm going to set the line. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to take the under. He's I'm I I in the show me state. So I want him to show me uh, that he can be the Rodgers of old. So I'm going to take hmm. the under. Okay. Right. Uh, number three. This is a little bit of a lazy one, but I throw uh, how many total yards for Devonte Adams. Because he also had a very yeah. poor five showing. Points, five uh, catches, fifty-six. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's that's we need great. we need better from that. Yeah. Um. So number of catches or, or yards, David? Total yards. Total yards. Oh, got to be more than fifty. If it's not more than fifty-six, they are in some deep trouble. Um. I'm going to set his yardage, Devonte Adams, at eighty-five. Five. All right. I'm a. Um. I will take the. Uh, I'll take the over. Of uh, that one. Okay. Um, okay. okay. Uh, number four, how many sacks will Green Bay have? Uh, Jared Goff is the quarterback. Um, yes. I'm not sure. Detroit's line, not going to be what New Orleans is. Will Joe Barry be forced to be a little bit more creative? How many sacks? I think they're going to yeah. turn off the blitz a little bit here. I, you know, I don't, I don't think that's the way they play. Um, I don't think this is really that kind of defense. Um, I think it's a much more contained kind of situation. So, uh, number of sacks on Goff. The Goff isn't terribly mobile. I think they're going to get a couple. Ah, heck, I'll say two and a half. All right, I'll take the over. I think they, I think actually they do put some more pressure. I think they can get a lead and and uh, maybe more of a defensive game. I I, I think they'll get more than a couple couple sacks. Uh, n- number five. How many touchdown throws for Jared Goff? Hmm. He had three against San Francisco, which yeah. I think is a pretty good defense. They, traditionally, they have. I, I don't know if they got their guys back because they they had injuries uh, last year. You said he had three. Hmm. Uh, such a that. soft, such a soft defense that the Packers three have. Three touchdowns, one interception. Hmm. All right, I'm I'm gonna go two and a half on that one too. Two and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll take the over on that one. Now I'm getting away from my defensive uh, struggle here. Um, Number six, uh, how many touches for Randall Cobb? Okay. Running or receiving? Yeah, I, I'd i be very surprised if they let him run from scrimmage. But it's possible. Well, Only, they, did, they did this week. Did he, did he have a carry? Yeah, late in the game, I think. One carry for one oh. yard. Oh, a I, long of one yard, average of one yard. <laughs> I probably, yeah, I, I, I see it now. I, I got to say, I don't remember that, and I think it's probably because... I was too disgusted at that point. I do remember the catch, though. That was a. I do remember the catch. A, that was a heck of a throw and catch on that. Um, so he had two touches this week. Um, I have a feeling that, and I thought it would happen this past week, and it didn't. But I, I thought that Rodgers would every chance that he got, he would be trying to find Randall Cobb. So I'm going to put that at three and a half. Three and a half. 
You know, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the under. I was surprised too. There was a third down where I thought Cobb was open, and he is. Rogers was laser focused on either Adams or MVS, and I thought, eh. but they're you know they're in that behind mode, and if they get a closer game or get a lead, you know, is there gonna be a little bit more of us shooting it to my buddy here? Um, uh, I'll take the under though. Um, Number seven, total yards. A lot of Detroit ones here. No, total yards for Jamal Williams. Remember, uh, I was that I was guy. hoping you were. I was hoping you were going to ask that because, yeah. um, you know, he's already said that before the game he's going to come out and play catch with the fans like he always did when you know he was a Packer and all that. Yeah. Uh, hard not to like that guy. I you know, know, he really is. So um, I'm I'm guessing he's uh, starting for them. He had uh, nine carries for 54 yards rushing and wow. eight catches for wow. 56 yards. So he had 110 yards in total offense. You know, he's very capable of that. So we want his rushing yardage or total? Total yards. Oh, to- okay. So he was over 100 this past week. He was, 110. Um, I'm, uh, and that was against a pretty good team. Um, I just don't, I don't see that happening again. Uh, so I'm going to put the over under on that at 77. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, it's funny. They, uh, he was not their leading care, uh, he led in carries. DeAndre Swift had 11, but he had nine. Uh, they had three guys with eight catches. So, but he was, that's very involved in the offense. I actually, I'm going to take the over. Take the okay. Over. Well, well um, you know, I mean, he's a nice enough guy that, if he was going to go over a hundred Packers win still, but I'd like to see it for him because he was a, he was a good Packer. He was a good Packer. And he comes back, you know, it reminds me, I don't even hate this. It's when the ex Cardinals come back, they, you know, they love their St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, there's something about that team. I think the Packers are that way too. These guys yeah. will come back and I think have a soft spot in their heart. Um, I, just, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. I, I know you did. I know yeah. you did, but it's true. Um, anyway, um, seven and a half. Will Jordan love playing this game? Yes or no? So I suppose that even means if, if he comes in to take the last two snaps and yeah, that's kneel right. down. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to say yes. I think they're going to try to get every opportunity they can for that guy to be on the field. And I think there's a greater chance of them being up by enough that they'll be kneeling down in victory formation at the end of this one. So I'm going to say Jordan Love takes a snap from center. be interesting if uh, Rodgers puts up a fuss. You know, he was fine with. What was the guy? Um, Tim, the quarterback last Boyle. year, he, the, the deal down specialist Tim. they had, Tim Boyle. Tim, Tim Boyle, yeah. Yeah. If uh, Rod's like, mm, I'll do the kneeling down. Like, uh, let my replacement wait till next year. But I'm going to say no. I just think this game is going to be closer than we think. So I'm going to say Rodgers has to play at the very end. Is, and, is, is Boyle in Detroit? He might be in Detroit too, huh? Is he in Detroit? Is he in Buffalo or? I, no, that's Trubisky. I, I, don't, I don't know where Boyle is. Um, yeah. I think he, he made might. somebody's roster, though, I think. Oh, he may have. Uh, seven, three, fours. Just uh, pick one or the other. Who will have more catches, Adams and NVS or the rest of the team? Hmm. This week, hmm. Devontae Adams and NVS had eight catches. The mm-hmm. rest of the team had 12. There's quite a few people that caught passes, partially because Jordan... Love yeah. uh, through to Malik Taylor and mm-hmm. Randall Cobb and Amari Rogers. So you got a bunch more people involved. Um, will it be heavy on Rogers seems to concentrated favorites or will the rest of the team get involved? I'm going to say rest of the team. 
I I think there'll be more Randall Cobb this week. Um, I think we'll see more Big Bob too. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna take the field here. All right, I'm gonna take uh, Adams and MVS and tiebreaker uh, total rushing yards for Green Bay. Uh, yeah. So I throw out a, a guess. Yeah, I mean 43 this past week. I mean that's just you, you can't have that. Um, Dylan, I think is legit. Um, Aaron Jones, we have to see more than 90 yards there. So total rushing yards, including quarterback um, runs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to put that at uh, 111. Oh, I said 115. Okay. All right. So uh, please play with uh, 30 or so other uh, listeners to this podcast that make it this far. Um, <laughs> and uh, the more the merrier. And the prizes are amazing. I mean, you get to... Uh, to go to a casino for free and not just the, the casino. It's the Packers therapy hotel and casino. That's see, true. There, you are, know, there are casinos all over the place. That's here. true. It, it, you get to stay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll see things there that you've never seen anywhere else. It's and you'll never want to see again. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so all you do is uh, you want to email Mike Miller, whose email address is M I T N O M I L L E R at gmail.com gmail.com yes yeah that, that that's our guy you know what though if you're lonely too during the week after you make your you can email mike anytime he yeah. likes to hear i mean if you're having family problems you know if there's if, if, if there's like something growing on your toe and you, yeah. you want to take a picture send it to mike i'm sure he would appreciate hearing from you not just about the betting lines just with any problems you might have at home you know I, so i agree don't yep. hesitate. send him yeah. pictures whatever exactly. you feel like sending yeah. yep he Miller, baby. That's that's the place you go to feel good. He's sort of Doctor Feel Good. He, he really <laughs> yeah. is. No. He'll, set, he'll set you up. Actually, if if we if you flood his inbox and he gets mad and doesn't do this anymore, then we're in trouble. So uh, don't only send him kind things. Be nice to Mike. That's, yeah, yeah. Be nice to Mike. I think yeah. we we'll get buttons made that say that on it. Yeah. But if he gets a PayPal, don't send him money. It's no. That's we'll us. Take, we'll take care of that. Yeah. PackersTherapyYahoo.com we'll, PayPal. That's all you need to know. That's right. Yeah. Um, pop culture time? Yeah, I think we just have one, right? Are we yeah. dedicating this episode to yes, uh, someone? Yes, we are. We are indeed. Uh, we actually uh, talked about this during the break. Um, uh, I don't know when you'll be listening to this, but it was earlier in the week. Um, Norm MacDonald died, uh, comedian, Canadian comedian, and I think probably best known for his few years he was on Saturday Night Live, but he was in a lot of different venues, maybe one of the finest talk show host guests ever. Um, he, you know, he, he did roasts. He, I think he hosted the ESPYs. He, he did a lot of different things with his comedic talent. 61 years old, just on the cusp of his 62nd birthday, uh, had leukemia, I guess, for nine years. And eventually uh, he succumbed to that. So I, I thought, and, and I think Dave agrees, this guy was hilarious. He was a comedic genius in lots of ways. And so I think we're going to dedicate our pop culture uh, to Norm MacDonald. There's a lot of YouTube stuff featuring him out there. And it is routinely funny because it's so cringeworthy. It's fantastic <laughs> stuff. And I would say, do yourself a favor and look up Norm MacDonald on YouTube. And this guy... Uh, he just he he had it, 
and he was unvarnished. And I think he was the he was the kind of guy that can make other comics laugh. Yeah, he. If we if this show had a spirit animal, I think Norm Macdonald would be a. It's <laughs> cringeworthy. Uh, doesn't really look like they know what they're doing. Uh, for some reason, people seem to like him despite you know <laughs> the things he says and does. Um, he is great. And Klaus, if you're out there and don't know anything about Norm Macdonald, yeah, go to YouTube and search Norm Macdonald with Conan or Norm Macdonald with Letterman uh, or Norm Macdonald and Uncle Jokes. Uh, that that <laughs> there might be a, a thirty to sixty minutes worth of the uncle jokes, which uh, are just awesome. Um, I'm, he's not for everybody. I mean, if if you watch right. Full House right. and yep. think that's funny, uh, or think you know sitcoms on CBS are funny, Norm Macdonald's not for you. Um, <laughs> y- you have to have, you, you got to go a different direction uh, for that. So it is it's not for everybody. But um, I I love me some Norm Macdonald. If I'm feeling blue. Uh, I would go on YouTube and watch Conan clips or Norm MacDonald would do it for me every time. Um, awesome stuff. So uh, may he rest in peace. Uh, Norm MacDonald is great. So I want to recommend uh, two Norm MacDonald bits. And <laughs> if you like these, um, then Keep going. You, should, you should find more stuff. Yeah. Um, and we have to do one because it involves the Packers and it involves Charles Woodson. Um, and this was, I, I believe, during the ESPYs, uh, when uh, when Norm, I think, might have been the host for the ESPYs, or at least presenting. And he noted that, ah, I, 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 I see Charles Woodson is in the audience. Charles Woodson, uh, Heisman Trophy winner uh, as a defensive player, uh, you know, the only defensive player, you know, to win uh, the Heisman Trophy. He said, and, and Charles, um, that award, the Heisman Trophy, you know, you'll always be a Heisman Trophy winner. It'll always be your trophy. And then he pauses and says, wait, wait. And then he says, they'll never be able to take away from you. That's right. They'll never yeah. be able to take away from you. And he pauses and says, unless, of course, you kill your ex-wife and a waiter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was, you know, the reactions of people in the audience, <laughs> nobody, a lot of people like putting their head in their hands, their <laughs> laughter, trying to like stifle the laughter, you know, because. <laughs> He he was famous for the OJ jokes, uh, and that and that was one of them. He other, he also did a bit um, about how he hated the expression about people battling cancer. He battled cancer, you know, fought hard. He 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 bravely fought against cancer. Um, and oddly enough, that's you know he wound up you know dying of cancer. Um, but he 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 goes on and explains why. That's not the thing you want to say, <laughs> you know. It's it's just it's just the wrong thing to to say. I won't elaborate on that, but you look up uh, that the Charles Woodson thing at the ESPYS, and also Norm Macdonald on on battling cancer. If you like that stuff, uh, Norm Macdonald is for you. And there's a wealth of YouTube stuff out there. Uh, I thought the guy was hilarious and hy- hysterical. Look up his stuff too on Saturday Night Live when he did the weekend update. Yeah. Uh, guy, the guy, the guy, guy was terrific. I'll tell you what, a lot more fun than watching that Packer game this uh, past week. Yeah, it's a that's a good cleanser. I'll just throw it in. Uh, Norm McDonald and my wife is a battle axe. That's the that's okay. a, a great one too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the thing. He wasn't he wasn't afraid to say things, <laughs> you know. And sometimes it's things that you might be thinking, which yeah. is why I think you see so much nervous laughter in the audience when he's doing <laughs> his thing, you know? It's us. Uh, 
It's us. Yeah, it's, it it's, certainly it's, is us. Uh, if you knew us in person, yeah, <laughs> a lot yeah. more like that than, than uh, we <laughs> care to admit. <laughs> well, okay. So with that high note, I mean, it's sad that the guy died, but he left behind a legacy, and it's a fun one. So check it out. Um, it, it's a good palate cleanser for this horrible Packer game. This thirty-eight to three loss. That's over. That's we're done with that. We're moving on to the Lions. It's going to be Monday night. Uh, it's going to be at Lambeau Field. Uh, that's what we're looking at. And Dave and I will be looking at it uh, on Monday night. And we're going to be back next week uh, to talk about that. What we hope is going to be a redemptive victory. But until that time, I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that is Packers Therapy. I'm Chris. And I'm Dave. And that's Packers Therapy.